Uh, bring us on there. I understand why he's been made. He's come out before and said that he hates his portrayal in that movie because they got him fucked up, man. It's bad. It's I wonder. Bad. Here's my my question. And of course, this is another week in the books. We appreciate y'all tapping in right in the middle of the conversation. When did he start asking questions? I wonder. Like, how do you get I, this far along and know and not know like you're in a conservatorship? So you, you know what? I, that's a great question. I've been thinking the same thing. Somebody brought up a good point of he recently got married. I see. And that, that might have and, 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 and I bet you. And that might have sparked oh. something. Hey, like <laughs> hey, somebody won an Oscar off a movie based on you. Like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Something might not have been look, I don't know. He had a nice career. I don't know what it's obviously I don't don't we don't count pockets, but I'm sure there might have been some kind of conversation like it seems like you should be getting more for this. You know, this yeah. is in syndication. It's on cable TV, network TV. Like, this is your likeness and your image. Like, what's going on? Especially with NIL going on in college. Like, everybody's just more aware of that. Like, what's where's the paperwork from this film that you did? Facts. I was talking Bullock to somebody about that. I was talking to somebody about that. I said it had to be a black woman that came in his life and started asking questions. Like, wait a minute. Because it doesn't make that, sense. Made, it started making sense because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and obviously not the victim blame or anything like that, but it just seemed, you know, I think a lot of people had that issue with just not signing their paperwork. I actually just got off the phone with my homegirl because mm-hmm. we were talking about insurance, car insurance. Right. Um, and she was talking about full coverage. And I'm like, you know, people hate that term for real because you got to pay for stuff individually, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I went through her whole coverage with her just to explain to her what you're paying for. Do you need this? And it, the collision. We, we joked about it just because yeah. on some like people would just pay for stuff. Like yep. I don't even know what I got. If I get in the jam, is this even covered? Facts. And so people don't yeah. look over their small as that. So I'm sure he put, he probably believed them. Like, all right, y'all gonna adopt me? Cool. They well, he had. had Go ahead. How about to say the book that they wrote? They they never mentioned. Um, they always mentioned adoption. It was like thirty references to adoption. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything like they were trying to pull the wool. So it's man, it's crazy, man. It's wild. That's a to wild fill thing. y'all in, bookworms. We're talking about Michael Orr was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe I think in 06, I want to say. I don't know if that number is right, but check it. But somewhere around there. But he's the guy that the movie Blindside was based off of, and the movie was they found a quote air quote here downtrodden black kid that was homeless in this well-to-do white family swooped in took care of him want to save him you know what i'm saying super super white savior movie super white saviors and they made a movie about it they wrote a book about it but the thing sandra about bullock, sandra bullock won, sandra oscar. Bullock won an oscar from it there was a portrayal of michael Orr in the film to where he was like a little slow a lot so, <laughs> i ain't seen it we yeah, and you were talking about that before to... we hit record yeah. and i ain't even seen it so that he was like radio or was it? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, it, wasn't, it wasn't nowhere near radio. But it was every time it was it was nineteen, it was nineteen seventies. Yeah. Every stereotype about a a dumb black athlete that you can put yeah. on, and they did that shit in two thousand six or two thousand nine, gotcha, whatever gotcha, year that gotcha. film came out. Uh, but they just it, it, what's really messed up about it is Michael Orr is nothing like that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was leading to not that. Even, the, he talked about how that that ruined some of his career because people had a preconceived notion Perception. about. It. Yep, it was Hollywood spin on it because even the book that it was based off of, there are clips of the author talking about how smart he was, how mm-hmm. intelligent he was. 
So they put that spin on it for Hollywood, I guess, to make it do what it do. But the story here, guys, is after all of these years of thinking that he was adopted by this white family and being able to make decisions, really, like he felt like that he was was adopted. Until he was 25, like he felt like that he was adopted by them, but it comes to find out that he was in a conservatorship, which is similar to what Britney Spears was in. And what they use that for is adults who are incapable of making decisions on their own. You're talking about like, um, probably, I don't even know the right term to use no more, but uh, people on the spectrum, I guess, like I know you can't say the yeah. R word no more. So slower, slow people or whatever it may be, but it's used for that or older people who may not have all their capacities anymore. That's what conservatorships are used for. And he came to find out that instead of being adopted by this white family, he was in a conservatorship with them, which was being, which was lucrative to them from the book deals to the movie deals. I don't know if they got in his NFL contract, but just some of his outside money, they were able to see because they were in that conservatorship with him. Yeah, man. He signed it a few months after he turned 18. And the deal, I think he he was under the impression, I forget what the actual deal was, but it was something about they were going to be his legal, this is what it was, they were going to be his legal guardians until he was 25. Mm. Or until the court decided it wasn't necessary, but he had no idea about the paperwork. So they this has happened, they just un- discovered this in February. Like this year, they've been having signed off. That grown man, 37 years old, signing yeah, off on all his decisions. A whole NFL career he's gone through. Won a Super Bowl I, all that, I, I really wonder, like you said, he got married recently, and that's when this came out. And I'm I gotta believe it's because he had a qualified black woman by his side now that she started asking questions and got to the bottom, and it's like y'all got us fucked up. Man, because it's gotta be you know how it is when you get comfortable. Let's say you get I don't know, I can't even put it in the same equation because once you get comfortable with somebody who's had some kind of success. Mm-hmm. And things ain't looking how you think they should look. You kind of start mm-hmm. as you, you get comfortable enough to start oh, asking those questions. Like, why this hey, ain't like it's supposed to be? Yeah, like with the, that movie. Because I'm sure if if I was Michael Orr's friend or I met him after all of that and we became close enough, I would ask him like, "Yo, like why they play you, you like that in that movie? Like why? No, nah, I wouldn't even ask him about the oh, movie. Yeah, why I, they okay. play you like that? Just personal questions. So his wife is definitely that affects her finances too. Like right. that's just weird. And I'm not even saying they don't know. I think it was from a genuine place, probably. Like, just this doesn't seem right that you don't have any kind of anything from this. And he say so, and he nothing, yeah, no residuals, kind of so. no yeah, nothing exactly. coming from it. Yeah. Like, I, here I am. I'm flicking through the channels. It's TBS. I done seen the blind side come on seven days this week. Like, you, there's nothing coming in from you for that? Like, nothing. It's yeah. about you. That just doesn't, to regular people, that just doesn't make sense. So we're going to ask some questions. And I'm sure he probably, like, well, they told me they didn't make no money because that's what they're claiming. That the, the family is saying they never made any money off. Yeah, because he asked them money. about it before. They said he's asked them about it before, and they tried to downplay it. They acted like that they just got a down a lump sum up front, just got a down payment, and that was it, and didn't see too much else off of it. So I don't, I don't even think that he pressed the issue much. Yeah. So, yeah, I never watched that movie, man, for this specific reason right here. I hate to say I told yeah. you so, but it smelled like that from the beginning, like something was going on. It was, yeah. man. I said it earlier. Shout out to school, man. My brother used to say that all the time. He still hasn't seen the movie, but when this yeah. news broke, I thought of him ASAP and got weak. Because I, <laughs> I would talk- always tell him, like, have hey, you talked check to it him? out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We talked about it already. Because um, What did he say? 
What you did? See, I told you so. I told. Hey, what what uh what 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 Boosie daughter say? I told y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all. Yeah, man, it was straight up like that because he knew. He said there's there's something that rubs me wrong about that film. It's that gut feeling we talked about one time on it. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I might have been Gert Ernst when we were talking about it. Spider senses was tingling like, nah, fam, I don't see it. And and me being a big fan of film and cinema. Like Sandra Bullock did her thing. Like you understand why she won the Oscar, even though the film is some super white. It's it's super <laughs> over the top. Like when they try to hit you in the head with a message, because she had a couple oh. like that crash, even though it was an ensemble cast, like crash, that whole theme of that movie is like taking a frying pan and just banging you over the head with the message. I gotta watch Crash again. That's the bus with don't, Keanu don't, Reeves. Don't do don't, it. I remember nah, it being I, good when it first came out. Yeah, it won an Oscar for Best Picture. Y'all just did some on um Culture Garden that I wanted made me want to go back and look at the movie. What was the last thing y'all did? Just, just came out. Boomerang today. Boomerang, yeah, you made me yeah. want to go back and watch Boomerang. Oh, we had a great conversation about that. Boomerang. It holds yeah, up. I love to hear it. Hold up. Absolutely. Oh, you. There's a lot. Of, it holds up as far as watching the film. One thing we specifically talked about was all that shit they was doing in the office and the workplace. Ain't none of that going in 2020. <laughs> you ain't getting away with none of that. None of it. Not Marcus. One from the women to the men like all over the board man you can't do none of that shit we had a good conversation man that was a lot of fun i can't wait to check that out man if y'all don't know whose voice that is by now he's been tapping in with me since mo been on his break for the last three weeks man he's gonna be back next week he said i said i talked to mo got some texts from him said he's refreshed ready to get back to it anxious to get back to potting but until that happens we got my man rich so happy to have you here brother tell the people a little bit about who you are what you do Honored to be here first and foremost, man. I, I hit Mo up today and I was just like, bro, I can't wait to, to hear your voice again on the mic. You know, just, just to kind of get see you get back to your craft. He said, Man, I'm ready to cook. Like you can he hear through the yeah, text he message. Me. Yeah, yeah, you hear hear text messages sometimes. Like Mo was <laughs> he ready. He juiced up. But yeah, man, fellow podcaster. It's funny because the culture garden, um, it's a film podcast where we pretty much wanted to give flowers to a lot of the filmmakers the films, creators, directors that impacted us in the culture. That's where the culture comes in and the garden is the theme of giving the flowers. Um, you know, there's certain movies that we just love and cherish. I always mention the five heartbeats was the first movie we ever covered. And it's mm. just crazy to me how that means so much to us. To black, yeah, that could be a real but band as far as we can see. Exactly. But you walk around and ask the average white person, they might not even heard of that movie or know what it is. <laughs> so, of course, with that being said, it never gets the, the mainstream medium where they never get those 30-year write-ups, 25-year anniversary write-ups in People magazine. So I felt it was upon us to make sure we gave our culture our, their own flowers. So we like doing that with a lot of throwbacks, classic, um, even new movies, man. But it's really just an opportunity for that. Um, also, and I host that with school, man, little bro, and uh, Ray P. Um, also co-host another show called We Got Y'all. It's a television review podcast. We're talking about Winning Time Season 2 right now. That releases every Tuesday. Um, shout out to Ray P again. And then, of course, can't wait to get talking about Season 3 of The Sopranos for good earners. Y'all know Spike is a part of that, Thanks. along with Mo and myself. Um, my first I almost hit play season. on season three today, man. I almost couldn't wait till next week. Yeah, I chill after season. after Mo after Mo uh you know semi scolded <laughs> us. Uh, I chill, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, this will be my first full season. So I'm, and what a season to really start with. Back Looking forward to getting one, started, man. man. I can't Just, wait to get to that. That'll be back next week. Absolutely. Shout, shout out to Dirt, man. Shout out to Dirt. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Keep man. Dirt cooking. 
going to look at some studio spaces this weekend, man. And we're going to tap in. We got a couple of episodes planned out. I can't wait to get that out to the people. So shout out to him. I tell you, one of my favorite things about starting this podcast is meeting brothers like you, brothers like Mo. I may have said this last week, but I want to reiterate how much I appreciate it's opened up the genuine relationships that we've been able to build just through doing this, man. So I want to yeah. know, I, I appreciate you, brother, man. Hey, let me, let me piggyback on that real quick before we get into the, uh, into the episode. Mm-hmm. This past episode of Boomerang, it was kind of monumental for us because this will be the one year since we actually took this series. When I say mm-hmm. that, I mean, like, let's get on a schedule. Let's drop weekly. We've got scheduled time off. We take off uh, the end of every quarter. So the end of every three right. months, we'll take a week off. But other than that, we're cranking out these episodes. So I spent the time making sure I gave school and Ray P their flowers just for their commitment. Nice. They Absolutely. just getting better and all that. You know, I'm real big on that. If y'all can't tell, man, I'm always going to show love, tell people how much I appreciate them, all of that, because nobody has to do anything. And it's all genuine love. I, I'm always going to look out for my people. But on top of that, I thank them for allowing me to even expand in this space by being a part of Good Earners and being a part of, um, you know, co-hosting another week in the books every now and then filling in. Um, and I shot as you and Mo out just because that's the type of relationship I was able to meet y'all based off of everything we built from that one thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just thankful for it, man. And, and it's, it's not lost on me because it's really, we really going to start cooking some stuff. So I'm looking forward Facts. to all of it. I appreciate you goes a long way. It took me a little, a little while to learn that, to start yeah. giving it out and receiving it. Like receiving that is a thing too, to be like, no, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. So absolutely, man. Y'all know what we do here at another week in the books, man, elevating the conversation amongst black men, try to take it as far as we can out here. Get, you know, just therapy sessions, get stuff off our chest, do it as we do. This is chapter 55. We got 54 of these. Go back, check the back catalog. Send us some emails at AWITB2022. This week's episode is based on manhood, what manhood is to you. I feel like this would be a good conversation that we're going to have, Rich. And shout out to my guy, Dro. I mentioned meeting you, meeting Mo, but even some of the relationships that I've rekindled with friends that I hadn't talked to in a while that listened to this and like, bro, I'm glad you did this. So I needed to hear this from someone or people that I could relate to because I go to the same shit and don't hear it anywhere or anyone mm-hmm. talking about it. And one of my favorite parts of having started this other than having the conversations is rekindling relationships like that one that I've had when I'm talking about with my boy Dro. We mm-hmm. send messages back and forth and I talking about appreciation. I appreciate he reaches out, asks me things. I reach out, ask him things. So I definitely appreciate that. In that conversation became the topic of manhood. And he asked me, he was like, well, what is manhood to you? And he was telling me where the question came from and we'll get into it. But one of the first things I'd like to address, Mo and I did an episode on masculinity. And when I told him that I was going to do it, he asked me, well, Spike Ludo, do you think that manhood and masculinity are the same thing? I didn't. But other people may, just like Mo did. So let me mm-hmm. read a summary that I looked up. <clears throat> it says, in summary, while manhood primarily refers to the state or phase of being an adult male and the responsibilities associated with it, masculinity is a broader term that relates to the social and cultural norms, behaviors, and the roles that are associated with being a male. 
Both concepts can intersect and influence each other, but they address different aspects of male identity and experience. What you think about? It? Is that a good definition? I think that's a good definition. I think, you know, I've heard people say before, talking about masculine energy and feminine energy. It's not really yeah. relate to a, um, <laughs> you know, uh, womanhood, manhood, whatever the case is. So I right, understand the difference in between them. And I did look, I listened to the masculinity episode um, today just to hear, yeah. you know, what is some of the differences and things of that nature. So very interesting topic, man. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Just diving in. Absolutely, man. Before we get to that, couple of things out there in the news i couldn't i couldn't convince him extra to come on here and defend this point because i was kicking his ass so much and i hope he hears this and, and takes he, the challenge i gotta <laughs> ask did he give permission or are you at liberty to discuss what the point was yeah yeah i was calling him a hypocrite so how it started was he's very atlanta biased because he's okay. from atlanta i'm extra so the district attorney lady, Fanny, when she locked up Young Thug, he was adamant that she was full of shit. She was only doing this for political reasons. Cause he's a Young Thug fan. She's only <laughs> doing this for political reasons. She's trying to get a judge seat. She's doing all of these things. She's playing the media against Thug. YSL in the gang, they'll record label. That's what he was telling me. This is what he said. So... <laughs> Fast forward a couple months later, and yeah. this comes out about Fanny and Trump is grandstanding, essentially doing the same thing that she was doing with Thug. Oh, he shouldn't treat black women this way. He got some audacity. He sounds really stupid. I was like, well, wait a minute, bro. You can't have it both ways. And he he didn't oh. see how I was making a correlation to it at all. Was was I way out of bounds? Are, are, we, are, are we talking about his allegations? about her yeah when him coming out and being like oh well she's sleeping with a gang member and this lady is this that and the third well they're Whether all just... they're, i'm right. gonna say they're both rooted you know sh shout out to m extra I don't, I don't know you um but obviously spike <laughs> spike talks to you um they're both rooted in a place of i don't believe that almost audacity they're in the root yep. they're both like it's not even conceivable that this is a real thing and you've got your own personal agenda. And I think it's the same way when you look at Trump talking to her about that. He's got his own personal agenda to say these things about her. So I see play, that similarity right there. I don't have any sympathy if she want to get up there and play the politics game. But you got to be able to take the punches. So if you're telling me, and I'm, I'm not putting any accusations on YSL or what they are or are not. But what she's telling me is that they are gang and she came out and said, they were terrorizing the community of Atlanta. All of these crimes and murders and drug dealing was all because of this YSL game. Now, it sounds like that she's headline chasing because I don't know how, how closely you could tie Young Thug to that. Of course, they had evidence to it. But she's essentially using her pulpit the same way that Trump is using his. She's saying, and just correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm open to uh i'm open to such to to this being yeah, challenged i'm listening i'm thinking that trump he's doing the same thing that she did in the case of young thug like she's labeling him in the media as a thug as a gangster as a drug dealer as a murderer someone who had all of these things to do with ysl gang and whether he did or didn't 
if you believe that he didn't, then she's doing the same thing that Trump is doing to her. It's not about whether she slept with that gang member dude or not. Trump is using that news to his advantage or what he knows to his advantage, just like she was in indicting Young Thug. No, they play a similar true, game. It's, she just it's 100% beat it. true because that's politics. That's just what happens. Like you exactly. cover your ass. I will shoot him extra a little bit of bail, and I don't think he meant it in that way. Well, you I mean? don't think he was comparing the actual action of the grandstanding. Mm. I think he was more. And that's so what I was trying to get it to, though. Like I, I get what he's saying about Trump being. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not supportive of Trump being as disrespectful as he was to her by bringing this to the forefront. This is internet rumor, internet scuttle, but no one knows if this really happened. This is like some YouTube conspiracy shit. But the same thing could be said about Young Thug. Yeah. The same thing could be said is, oh, that's internet rumor. No one knows he killed anybody. This is YouTube shit that people like that, that do those YouTube pages commentate on. Yeah. So, again, they're kind of doing the same thing. Is so Yeah, he said, he look, all right, I'm upset. I'm upset at her because she's labeling it out thug for all this nonsense. All of this is bullshit. She chasing big fish. Facts. She wanna be what DAs do. You yes. know what I mean? That's what they do. Uh, you saw it in Batman, Harvey Dent out here trying Facts. to lock everybody up. That's just that's part of their job. That's what gets them out of bed. And on the other side, you got somebody trying to defend himself. And part of his defense is uh, right. uh discrediting the person that's trying to bring charges to him. Right. It's in the same it's in the same game, man. We, so these we same, the same rumors, field. these same things going yeah. on in the you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna throw that out here too, just like she was. Just so happens that she's able to press charges against Young Thug. Like all Trump can do is say that this happened. Is um does he does he have any kind of feeling towards her outside of the thug? He said he case. didn't like her. Outside he of the thug like case, her. he doesn't like her. I don't no, he don't like her. That's um, even more interesting because so it's I will have and, to bring him on for the reasonings why he did say, but I'm not I can't remember now. Uh, but a part of it was too that she is overzealous, and he's a native of Atlanta, so I'm, I'm I'm assuming that this is from conversations that he's had with people from I here because his, his brother's in politics. Like his brother, I think, is a um, a lobbyist or whatnot. So his, like he has he has certainly like, see her being overzealous. Yeah, like she is. Like I, Even I like with the that. whole, I think I read something recently about the mugshot, like the idea of him being mugshot. And <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, she she owned. Like she is taking advantage well, of the Make sure you remember her name. Yeah. Like, and even yeah, but at the same that, time, like, anybody who's has a chance to try this case is going to be doing the same thing. I don't know there's too many DAs, especially young ones who's trying to, I mean, that's their own field. That's, they can become rock stars. Yeah, and my only point is that's a part of the game. If you step out on the field like she's done, then you're going to get stuff like that happen from Trump. Regardless if you like Trump or hate him, you can't knock the strategy of what he's doing. He's playing the same game that she is. And I think he's a deflector, bro. Like he's the yeah. best. He's one of the best deflectors what? that have ever. One of the best con men you've ever seen in your life. Did you hear and what I think- he said after he got uh, indicted? Or heard about the indictment for the uh, January 6th committee? Uh-uh. We, we got some conspiracy for that, man. Then what Jada can say, man, a nigga only fears getting charged with conspiracy. Bro, <laughs> the last thing, man, Trump, hey, that shit's Thanks. deep. But he said it's a very sad day. He was like, what's even more sad is 
I hate seeing DC with the buildings all crumbled and torn down and the graffiti and the trash all over the place. It's not how I recognized it. I didn't leave it like this. Like it had nothing to do with nothing. Nobody asked him. He just taking all that attention off of me and just saying, just look at all this trash. Like, he just a, to what the people that ride dude, with him, like they're going to ride for that. Like he just piles on to the bullshit. And again, yeah. like, I think it's hard since people have such objective views about him. It's hard to say, well, I understand where you're coming from because people would think that you're siding with him or think that you support him. And we're like, well, some of the shit that he do, you could be, you could see it and you might not think that it's above board. You may think it's unkosher or whatever it may be, but you still can be like, I kind of get where you're coming from. I ain't in support of it. I don't fuck with him. I ain't voting for him or nothing like that. I don't want that taken out of context, but I could still see where people look at him and be like, okay, he a con man. He, yeah, he, does he does it very man. well. Robbers, robbers rob, con man con. That's just what they, that's their nature. I, I am, not to belabor the point, I do have a couple questions. Sure. What I love questions. What was what was M Extra's defense as to why he didn't think it was the same thing? Like, what was his main defense? Oh, he said, if I can two, understand him a little bit. He said the two didn't have anything to do with each other. And I kept asking him the same question because he was so adamant. The way that, here's the way that I was tying it in is he was adamant that she was being overzealous and calling YSL a game. He said that they were an upstanding LLC record label. He said so the word upstanding? Yes, he said that. These are his words. So this was my way in time. And then he would never answer the question. I asked him, I said, okay, now are you telling me that uh, YSL is a gang? Are they a gang or not? And he would never answer that. Because in my mind, <clears throat> if he answers that and says, okay, well, no YSL a gang, then Fanny did the same thing to them that Donald Trump is doing to her, just spurring out rumors. She just so happened to be the DA and she's able to charge people for it. So that was my main backbone of my argument. Do you believe YSL is a gang now? Cause you got to come up off one of the points. You can't tell me that Fanny getting done wrong and YSL ain't a gang. Like need both of them two can't be true. I get what you're saying, man. Hey, shout out to them extra, man, because I love when people ride for this. My, my nigga ride. said upstairs. Anything Atlanta. I, I, anything Atlanta, bro. Like, he ain't. Like, he, it, anything Atlanta, that nigga is like, won't have a bad thing to say about it. He'll let that hey, shit man, ride. It, yeah. I feel it. That's just hilarious. He, like, he, yeah. it's not that he even ride for it. He riding hard. He making sure niggas I respect like, it. Most Atlanta people How dare like that, you? too, though. Yeah, I fuck, that's what I said. I fuck like with him extra, man. Like just, just off that alone. <laughs> I do respect it, man. Yeah, Hopefully, man. we can get him on here to area side of it. Like I said, I, I offered him invitation. He never responded because I Slim kept, Charles said, "What's Slim Charles asking, saying? We fight, we fight on that lot. Fight, we fight on that lot, nigga. <laughs> I fuck with a nigga like that, man. <laughs> that's him extra. That is it. That's it. That was a uh, perfect pull. That's the quote, nigga. If we fight, we fight on that lot, man. Oh, I want to ask you something further uh, on the current events before we move into our discussion about manhood rich and this yeah. one has to do with kiki palmer have you been following I, what uh, happened? I heard there's a video out with usher okay so to take it all the way back from the beginning because we talked about it a little bit on here mm-hmm. kiki palmer she was in vegas she was sitting courtside usher did his usher thing came by there goes my baby's her Spins her around. Kiki got the booty out, looking good. Um, and that made internet viral sensation. People go wild because she's married, just had a kid. It didn't help 
that her husband, her boyfriend, baby daddy, uh, got online and said, you're a mother. Was really just calling out her actions. Mm-hmm. And uh, they leaned in. Yeah, mom shaming her. They leaned into that, man. Black woman out there having fun in Vegas, man, just letting her hair down with the girls. But here we go. Six weeks later, I would say. And Usher got a new video out. <laughs> and in Usher new video, Kiki Palmer is in the promo. And in the promo, Usher says something like, I, I heard your boyfriend was mad at me. Like I, I something like that mm-hmm. is the lyric. Now, so he, of course that's a caption uh, or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like so. Of course, that sparked a lot of controversy. I think they've broken up now. Kiki Palmer and her baby daddy. My question to you, Rich, is this tactful or is it tacky? It's tactful because it's good. Mm. I'm gonna share a quote with you that my <laughs> show you a quote with you that my nigga Chaz always used to say. Okay, when you feel disrespected, act accordingly. <laughs> he left it at that. <laughs> Like, there is nobody's place to tell you how you need to move on and carry some shit that happened to you that felt made you disrespected. I can mm. judge it. I can talk about it. I can tell you not to do it. But if that's where you feel you need to take it, by all means. Don't you. Would I have done it? Nah. But obviously, they saw a room. Wait, they, would they, you have done what? Would you have done what the husband or baby daddy did? Or uh, first of all, I'd have never. That nigga. That nigga. I didn't think so. Yeah. yeah I'd have never done that sucker shit. Um, yeah, that shit was lame. <laughs> like that's that's just how you you across the board. There's no excusing. There's nothing. There's nothing that anybody can tell me that's gonna make me see his not even see his point of view, but agree with his point of view. Like I understand where he's coming from, but you shouldn't. You should be more secure be. in your shit. It looked like yeah, I was. Just, that was the word. It looked like insecurity. Like yeah, yeah, it's insecurity. In like I can. And when I say I understand, been... I don't even mean that my brain will come up with that same scenario. My mind don't even work like that, but. I understand how you believe it, but either way, that's besides the point. I yeah. don't know if I would have done the video and shit, but the video and the choreography audit, the way they put it together is actually fired. So that's what makes it even more. You can do certain shit, you know, if you if if, if two if two rappers are dissing each other and somebody drop a weak diss record, they're gonna get dove on even harder because they shit was weak. If you do something that's good and everybody, nobody's gonna say anything bad about Kiki anyway. Nah. So there's people going to be riding for that. She could say that a year from now, the same way Future be coming at uh, Russell, and there's still people that defend Future. Like, it is yeah. what it is. Like, keep being petty. Um, to go back yeah, to they, what they, you... They mad petty for this. Don't get me wrong. To they go back to the M Extra, uh, the Future and Russell situation, he sides with Future. His future's Why? from Atlanta. Future's from Atlanta. Oh, shout out <laughs> to M Extra, my <laughs> nigga. I feel Stay that, man. <laughs> You a wild dude. You already know how I feel about that. Future, out of, future, future need to let that shit go. But the fact he that he size with oh man, he size with yeah. It, it, uh, man, Russell I gotta meet him extra, man. I gotta Wilson couldn't be lame to him, man. Yeah, he he's an extra. I gotta man. meet him extra, man. I love people <laughs> like that. <laughs> but to this point, uh, if I'm Usher, absolutely, I lead into this. I'm calling her. My publicist is calling her. Hoping that she says yes to this, because I'm feeling like it came from his camp, and she don't respect the nigga enough at home or wherever he is now to be like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. And quite frankly, why should she? Like you just said, he played his big Joker, the lameness, the biggest card, the big domino, or whatever it may be. When he came out and said, "Oh, a mother shouldn't act or dress like that," you lost all sympathy for me. Like that's your, that's your lady, dog. 
Even if you feel like, that way, why you say that on Twitter? We having this conversation at home. Yeah, like I've said this on whatever platform that I've been on that we talked about, like me tweeting that out. I don't win nothing from that. It makes me it makes me think that some of his home, he got bad homeboys in his corner. I feel like that he's been getting teased, that he's been getting ridiculed about not being a breadwinner in his home. And that shit, that that, that right there hit to, the fan. He was going go to go to the group about, chat and get held. I used to say that about Jim Brown to do the NFL shows on CBS or whatever. That <laughs> fucked up like, Beijing ass. I said, he ain't got no real niggas in his life, bro. Yeah, he probably don't all white people. He probably don't all Yeah, homie ain't got no real, nobody real in his life to say, yo. Man, Did you know uh, his brother is uh, the actor from Insecure? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, drove, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I didn't, I did not know that until just recently. Mm-hmm. But it makes me think, man, that he probably was getting a lot of backlash, a lot of teasing, ridicule from his friends. That's what made him jump out the window this way, and that's what made her double down. Like, nigga, you didn't so, respect it. Like the situation that you had, you want to do dumb shit and go to Twitter. Like, I'm really finna make you. I'm, I'm really finna serve you humble pie, nigga. So let me ask you this. Let's okay. flip this. First of all, does she? What does she owe him as the father of her child? And do you think that? Because I know there's gonna be some. There's gonna be somebody out there that brings this point up. It's not. It's not me. I don't agree with this at all. But there's gonna be somebody that brings it up. I see at where you go. What point does it turn into bullying? I see where you're going with it, and I think what she owes him is he's not embarrassed publicly. Now, him being embarrassed publicly. Like he he took care of a lot of that with the tweet. Yeah, he started so, this. That's kind yeah, of it ain't and and that's her get out of it. They can't be out there like, oh, I can't believe you're doing your baby dad like this. Your child has to respect this man because he hate to sound petty or childish, but he started this. You brought it here, and you know she what? hasn't even, even really she ain't really done nothing but her job. Like if she's explaining this to her child as a teenager and her child is looking at her is like, oh, you're you're an entertainer, mom. I could see you being at the Usher show with that on and like, you know, being in your bag or even after it doing the song with Usher and kind of playing into it. Because, again, this is how she makes money. Her name being in the spotlight, people talking about her, her getting booked, whatever it may be. However, Kiki Palmer makes money. It's good for her that people are talking about her. Dude, to throw his name in the head and have people talking about him in an embarrassing way, he kind of brought that on himself. So for the people out there that's like, well, she's embarrassing her baby dad, like he's embarrassing himself. You know what? She just ain't helping. Because I'm looking at it from a different standpoint now. I'm looking at it as there's still people 30 years later in 2023 that'll see Chris Webber somewhere and yell time out at Like sometimes when you do certain things in a public eye, those things just follow you around. always deal with you, bro. Yeah. You got to embrace it or you just, you know, you can't fight everybody that does it. You know, there's there's everybody has a fault. You can go in any genre, any field, whatever. There's somebody that's done something. You know, there might be a kid when you was in fifth grade, you might have been the kid that fell in front of the school assembly. And people yeah, to this day might see you like, remember that time yeah, this nigga fell? That nigga fell down. <laughs> what you call it, Some absolutely. stuff just stays with you. So when you yep. started, like, bro, that's forever. Ten and, years from now, people going to be talking about Jesse Smollett faking his shit. They're going to talk about Carly Russell faking her shit. Like, it is. And it I is don't blame her for not shying away from it. Like, I fuck with it. Like, I, I don't, again, I don't support what he did and how he came out with it. So he did open a can of worms. But I also fuck with her being like, well, you're going to be lame, nigga. I'm going to treat you lame. Like, you got to meet people where they at, bro. 
Like, like it's unfortunate that that's her baby dad, yeah. or maybe she's happy about it. But like, if you're gonna be lame, then yeah, nigga, I know Usher. I can do a song with Usher. People gonna talk about this. Is gonna make a big deal. It's gonna put money in my pocket, and it's going to provide for our child later on. Like, nigga, fuck. I me. was, bro, Spike. I was just about to say that the biggest thing about this is your lameness turned into a check for me. Facts. Like, how Appreciate would I? Now, how would I turn this down? I even, I'd even kick him some. He go ten percent, nigga. Yeah. Like, here you go. Just cause that's where, like, that's the respect that I'm showing you as a dad of my kid, nigga. Here go some money. Like, here, here go from the Usher situation that you almost made us look a fool out of, but I made it into a check. You welcome, nigga. Yeah. Like that's what she ought to be telling him. Kiki, every time she drop her son off, Kiki's probably looking at him saying, "Man, remember, you ever think about how your lame ass can still be with me if you ain't do that dumb shit?" She probably says that verbally to him. <laughs> He probably didn't heard that a couple of times. No lie. That is no crazy. lie. He heard that a couple of times, man. <laughs> Those are our current events, man. That was a good talk right there, Rich. What we going to get into now is manhood. And we'll start this off with what we believe that manhood is. Because I, I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear what you got to say. You're a, a pretty strong-minded brother, so I want to hear your opinion. I'm also going to read what someone sent to me, well, what Dro sent to me about how he answered the question when someone asked him. So I'll let you go, and you're telling me what manhood is. Oh, man. You know, it, I struggled a little bit earlier because it's such a nuanced, broad topic, right? Um, and I don't even know if there is a clear definition. It can, it's, it's one of those things that's going to vary from person to person. Um, it's not absolute. One plus one equals two all day. No matter who says it, no matter what you think, that's just the answer. Manhood can expand a little bit further than that. And we're all raised with this perception. And this is the real important part. I think our generation, the generation before them, we've been raised with perceptions of manhood that need to be torn down completely. Um, you know, we who gets the most girls, who got the most money. I'm not saying that's what manhood is, but that is a general conception to people who don't know any better or don't have a uh, another way of seeing it in their life. Right. To me, the biggest thing, man, a man is healed. A man Mm. is healed and a man is secure. Larry June says something at the beginning of one of his songs, man, don't ever call don't ever call yourself a man if you can't keep your composure. Mm. Like in tune with your thoughts, in tune with your emotions. When I was listening to the uh, masculinity, the Jonathan Majors topic, like, bro, there's nothing that woman can do to you that would cause you to flip out on that. That's not masculine. That's not manhood. Like you should be in control enough to know that you're leading this situation. You're leading the household. You're always stepping up and being to the front. You know, um, secure or not security, but uh, providing. I think men providing is not just in the sense of family. It can be provide to to provide emotional intelligence. I'm providing a safe space for you to get all your shit off. You know what I'm saying, Spike? You going through something? Cool. I don't have any monetary money. I don't have any money to give you. I don't really have a place for you to stay, but I got an ear for you. I got a heart for you. Like and all of those things. Yeah. All of those things, you combine them into it, you know, just the, the perseverance and stepping up um, against all the challenges that life throws to you. We don't have the luxury, I believe, um, to settle or throw in the towel. Uh, we don't have the luxury of not cheering on the next man because we know our time is coming as well. Like all of those things, it's really just taking the high road and being that positive influence, reaching down, building a community, man, having a sense of family. 
I could go on for days, man, but it's really just making sure we are as selfless. Selflessness probably is the biggest thing for real. You to put are yourself lean. out of it and care about the next generation more. We're very selfish. Like we've been raised that way. Like look out for self. Thanks. You're leading into a place where all of the thoughts that I've seen on it, or any research or reading that I've done, even what I'm about to read from Dro here, and even my thoughts on it are the same. I'll keep yeah. mine simple, and I'll read his text here, and then we'll get into it. Manhood is about showing up for the people that depend on you. Mm. However that looks to you. And we can double back to this Kiki Palmer situation and talk about how we were able to ridicule this dude who she has a kid by. Because part of being a man, if you're having a kid by a lady, the expectation that she has of you is not to run to other people and criticize her. That's part of manhood. Like, you don't have that luxury as a man to where you're going to complain about your woman to a, a room full of men or other women, or even to your mom. Like, that ain't a part of what manhood is. Nope. You're that rock in that woman's life, or you're supposed to be, or that person that depends on you, that kid, that best friend, those people who look at you and say, like, damn, man, I, I strive, or something in that person motivated me. Your job is to maintain the course. Now, you ain't got to be perfect, but maintaining the course of being able to be like, I can pretty much, it, I can depend on what I'm going to get from this dude. Keeps his word. He's here on consistent. time. He does his shit. He's both consistent. Great. Absolutely. So I think a lot of manhood has to do with that. I'm going to read what Dro said, which was similar to it after he asked me. <clears throat> he says, manhood is the daily navigation of uncertainty while adapting to every situation within arm's reach. Strategically, disciplined, wise, and logically enough, not to let emotions control the journey to the inevitable so you can make it home and do all and do it all again tomorrow for your family. I thought that I was brilliant. That was that's it. As we grow man. up, facts. Like all of us, though we said it in different ways, it leads to the same thing. Being to dependable for the people that depend on you. Like it goes to and this has to do with like intake of like alcohol and like you couldn't go get drunk every night if you have a family and people depend on you. What if something happens? What if they need you? Same thing with being out all night running the streets like or same thing with just the small stuff that sometimes we don't even consider our boyish ways. Stuff that you have to leave behind because it makes you less dependable for people that need you. You know what's crazy? People look at those like sacrifices, but in it's all not. honesty, you need you need to reprioritize your life to the point where that's not a sacrifice at all. This is priority. Right. As a man, it's not a sacrifice. As a boy, it may be a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. If I'm still trying to live and be a boy and hang and run and do this and how to have these, this, that, and the third going on, then absolutely it's a sacrifice. But as a man, the thing that becomes most important to you is your tribe. Whether that be like if you got a business, your workers, or if you're part of a business, the people that you work with, your family, your children, your mom, because we all know about second child. Like your mom is going to, your mom, your dad, they're going to get to a point where they need you to be dependable because they can't take care of you no more and they can't take care of mm -hmm. themselves. And you got to call and check on them. You got to show up. You got to be around because of the pride. And this is one of the things that people, well, how, 
well, you're similar in my age, Rich, but yeah, as your parents get older, they're not going to tell you what's going on with them because they still got, they, they have that pride. I'm the mama or I'm the dad. Like, what can you do? And mm-hmm. you kind of understand it because they're independent people. They've been that way for a long time. However, the dependability about and having to be a man is like, nah, I got to pull up. Knowing when you have to do that, you got to put eyes on your people and be dependable enough to do that where they don't have to ask you, hey, man, come through and holler at me or anything like that. Like your dad or mom ain't got to call and check on you. You calling to check on them because you want to be that dependable. All of those things are a part of being a man. And 100%. I think it's fun. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say 100%, man. There's definitely a difference between sending that text and they're like, nah, I'm pulling up on my man. I'm pull I'm up. Up I got a call. You know, shorty, whatever yeah. the case is. Yeah, you got to, man. I think all of that is the ability to, what we don't want to get lost is as you're taking care of all these people that's dependent on you is making sure you take care of yourself as mm, well. That was my that, next question. I'm glad you went there. That's an important one, man. Not recognizing when we need help. Um, there's a lot of unpacked trauma, man, in the black community. When you think about it logically, we're two, three generations removed from slavery. Yeah. It's not a long time, man. We're still learning a lot of things as far as just basic human, you know, social functions and all of that. You know, you gotta, you know, it's sad, but it, you have to recognize it. There's a lot of times where I make sure that my energy is all the way right because we have to disarm each other as black men sometimes. You kind of get raised in an environment or in a, in a society where so many people see you as a threat that you're always on edge. You know, so if a nigga mm. come up to you, you don't know. He might just walk up to you needing directions, but you say, "What the fuck, this nigga walking up on me for?" You know, you that mindset. We got to unpack it and get away from all of that. You know, and start That's to part learn of like the let difference. me get help. That's part of the difference between masculinity and manhood. Like yeah. that masculinity is going to put your defenses. Oh, I got to be a man. Who is this nigga walking up to me? But manhood is, let me figure out what this dude got going on. Like, let me, let me, let me be the vulnerable one in this situation and not perceive this nigga as a threat and be open to whatever he's coming to me to say. That's manhood. I was watching something, um, the footnotes of Many Face God, which is a track on uh, 444, is like a bonus Mm -hmm. track. And there's this footnotes and it was just like this seven minute clip of just black men talking. And things like that. And talking about masculinity, manhood, things of that nature. And one of the people, I can't remember exactly who it was, was talking about, hey, he's an emotional person. He cries. Like, you know, and I cry, blah, blah, blah. I'll still smack the shit out of you, but I cry. And then somebody <laughs> in the room said, somebody in the room said, now, what was it that made you feel that I you had, had to express that you that. would still slap the shit out of somebody? Why can't you just leave it as I cry? I'll cry. It's that little small thing that, yep. like you said, That's masculinity, the masculinity that says, man. I still need to prove myself as X, Y, and Z. Like, nah, man, being a man is not having to say that sentence. That's the trained behavior that we pick up. That's yeah. what we talk about when we say elevated conversations on another week in the books. Like you said, that's your initial thought. That's the thing that you have learned. You have like that's what helped you survive and get to this age. They rap to you about it. You've seen it in the movies. That's the thing that you think that you can use. But an elevated thought is what's how do I uh, well, excuse me. How do I not have to address that and still get my point across? I don't yeah. have to tell a nigga I smacked the shit out of them and, and that won't make me feel of less than a man exactly. as far as getting that out. So yeah, that, that was a great point. Um, you said something that I forgot. Can't think of enough. Oh, you know what's what in, 
Oh, um, I'm trying to think what I was just talking about. I I know what it was. It was um when you talked about taking time for yourself. Yeah, I've yeah, had a couple yeah. of homeboys that have tried therapy and both of them have told me that their therapist asked them this question. You just alluded to it. And I want to talk about sort of the backlash that it gets, especially coming okay. from us. And maybe I'm biased because I'm a black man. So I see it more. Maybe some people say, oh, I don't believe that, but it's very rare that we as men get to say, I, I just need some me time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't really, I don't want to talk about this right now. Just like, give me some me time. That ain't really met with the most understanding, and I ain't even just talking about with our women, with black women. I'm talking about it as a whole. We feel like that the opportunities that are provided for us, we got to grind, grind, grind. So when someone says that they need something, or someone needs you, you never get to say, "Wait, man, I'm I'm chilling right now." Yeah. I'm still in a in a mindset for myself where I don't even really tell people with even if I ain't doing nothing. If you call and ask, I'm I'm gonna I'm going I ain't gonna say I'm gonna make up something, but I'm gonna tell you something I could be doing. Just so it won't right. look like I'm sitting around not doing anything. So my right. question to you, Rich, is how do you relate to people like bro, I'm I'm cool right now? Even because you're single. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of ladies would be like, if you ain't really hitting them up like you they expect you should be, oh, you must got a girl mm-hmm. or something. No, nah, I'm just chilling. Like yeah. I, I literally need some me time right now. How do you no, get you that out to people? I'm I'm an upfront person. I just always been, and I'm also a need to know person. I don't necessarily even see. We can talk about this as well. Just the the idea of being kinder to each other, and and I don't mean that on a grand scale. I just mean small stuff that you can do to not be as judgmental towards people. Um, what I mean by that is I've shifted a lot of the things that I say. I try not to call shit weird as much unless it's universally weird. Like the shit Kiki's baby daddy did was weird to me. Weird. Yeah. Um, there was a, there's a, there's a text, man. I don't mean to get too off track, man, but there's a screenshot of this like Instagram story. Uh, this woman posted a story, dude responded like, yo, me and my homie might slide up. And she said, all right, cool. Don't bring that one friend. Like me and my That's girls don't like him. He said, said, "What friend?" I and saw that. Like one. the one that kept asking us if we would fuck Steve Harvey. Like we don't like him. I bring that up to say shit like that is weird. I, I'm gonna call yeah. shit like that weird all the time. But because you have a different interest or you do certain different things, I'm not gonna call it weird. Um, you might just like something different than I do. I stopped saying things such as "I'm glad I'm not him" and just started saying "I'm glad I'm me." Mm-hmm. You know, just even small switches like that, just because. I don't want to get in the habit even mentally of putting someone else down because shit they like they do some shit that I don't understand or recognize. Yeah. Even yeah. if I do think it's weird, like I said, but whatever the case is, that's just a small thing. But my therapist told me once, you can't be good to yourself if you ain't good to everybody. Uh, you can't be good to others if you ain't good to yourself. Good to yourself. Well. And that's just one of the realest things that stuck on. This is early like therapy days for me. And that's just always because I was at a point where I was constantly on E. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have the function to serve everybody's needs, but I also didn't have the capability of telling them that I couldn't do that. Right. I viewed that as not showing up or being weak or, you know, I'm supposed to be dependable. That's what everybody counted me for. And now I recognize it in other people. Like I see the people that go hard for everybody else and I check in like, yo, take some time for yourself. Like relax for a little bit. Because you think you were trying to run out. You think you were trying to please people? You were being a people pleaser? 
Um, to a degree, not as a whole. Like I wasn't just randomly trying to. I wasn't trying to please just random people. Um, no, yeah, just like the people that sure. you fuck with. Like, do you have a hard exactly. time? People that you have a connection with have a hard time. Be like, nah, no, yeah, I'm not. Doing I had that. to learn how to tell people like I don't have the space for that, and I also learned to make sure I check on people before I ask questions. And what I mean by that is, hey, I've got something on my mind before I even get into it. Do you even have the space for me to bring this to you? Because mm. they might be going through some shit themselves. Like, yo, I ain't mm. got it. And I'm like, I bet I respect that, man. We'll link up. I'll catch up with you. I got to sort this out for the meantime. I'm going to circle back. Whatever that is. Um, just being more mindful that we all got our own shit going on. And since we don't... Yes speak out loud as much about the things that we might have going on. You made a great point in the masculinity episode, like, you know, dude might be going through something with his girl and he keeps it in, keeps it in, keeps it in. He's chilling with his boy one day. I think it was your boy, the quarter pounder story. Mm-hmm. You realize like, Oh, we going through the same <laughs> shit, the exact same shit. Mm-hmm. If we do more of that, I think it'll turn out a lot better for us um, overall. But yeah, man, I don't I don't see anything wrong with anybody needing the time. I was proud of Mo when he said I needed some time to recharge. Cause yeah. now speaking of Mo, I talked to him today. Like Mo is charged up. Like you can tell he's got that juice back. He's got his battery back in his back. Um, and I think that's good for everybody because we're not superhuman and we can't continue to be superhuman, especially with all the trauma that we carry. At some point, it's either gonna eat you alive or you're gonna succumb to it. So you gotta get it out in some healthy manner. Same way we buy shit for ourselves. I don't care. I don't know what your vice is. If it's sneakers, if it's clothes, if it's jewelry, invest some money into therapy, invest some money into a massage or just your fitness, get a gym membership, get all this shit out. Just go do something you enjoy for a day. And if it's the museum, a comedy club, anything like that. I think I still struggle with telling people. Well, no, I won't say telling people no, but I do like to see the people who are close to me like they feel like that they can depend on me as you said so sometimes it still is hard for me to be like nah i ain't got the the bandwidth or things like that and try to fit too much in but i'm getting better at it i try i'm more cognizant of it now you gotta pick and choose too yeah you know what i mean you gotta pick and choose there are sometimes there are things that i might not have the bandwidth for but i know it's really important and i know it's a serious Mm -hmm. thing and i gotta show up for it because i think we look at things the same way if I go to bed that night and it's keeping me up or if I'm going to wake up the next morning and I'm going to be upset at myself for not doing it, yeah. then maybe that's something I need to dive into and, and look into it. And I'm okay with, I think the way our personalities are wired, I'm okay with missing out on a little bit of sleep or something else just to make sure this is done. I'll make that up somewhere down the line, but I can't let this pass right now because it is serious versus right. other things. You know, the homies call you, Hey, what you doing? Let's go somewhere, watch a game. That's a perfect opportunity to say, nah, I'm cool. I'm good. I keep this time for myself. I'm I've been good. running. I'm a, I'm big on putting my phone on D and D. I was gonna say if, if I, I even to. answer the phone, if I even yeah. answer, if you ain't texting something like that first. I know um, one of the biggest things for me about manhood was conversation wise, and like when you talk with men, when you talk to women, with my uh, when I was in my last relationship, one of the things that she pointed out to me that I would never forget, and what she was probably most right about as I stepped back and paid attention to, I brought this up on here before uh, I grew up with all women. Uh, my mom, my mom had sisters. The only brother moved out of town. Both her sisters had two daughters. My grandma wasn't married. Neither one of my aunts were married. So I was the man, the man in my immediate family. 
So there's a way that women talk to each other and there's a way that men talk to women. And from growing, from growing up with that many women, sometimes you don't realize how much you engage in the back and forth with people. And in my opinion, and I don't know if it's universal, I get your thoughts on it. That's really not a manly thing to do. And my ex pointed that out to me. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, you're going back and forth with me like you're a girl. She didn't say it like I'm from the city, like you're a girl. Like she didn't say anything disrespectful yeah. or anything. But she was like, like, I don't really, I, the difference was and why I respected her opinion on it so much because she grew up with both of her parents. She's like, I've okay. never really seen my mom and dad go back and forth like this. Even if my dad was wrong, he still found a way to dead the conversation versus it being a tit for tat thing. And I paid attention to that so much more after she said that. And I seen how true that it was when I seen women engage with each other and how they go back and forth. And when I seen men, men are more likely like unless we're in a barbershop and it's something that like it's not going to get serious. We having fun. But if it can get to that place, you're not going to keep pressing the issue if you're a man unless you really want it to be that. But with women, they'll keep doing it. They'll keep picking and picking and picking and it'll go back and forth forever. And one of the things that I had to realize with a man when you're addressing or you're having a conversation with a woman, sometimes you just got to be like, you know what? Okay, cool. If you're wrong or right. Like sometimes it's just the manly thing to do to bow out of the conversation. Not submitting to it, not saying that you're wrong. It's just like, you know what? This is not even manly enough for me to be doing with you. Like, I get your point. You don't get mine or you don't get my point. I get your point. However you want to handle it, we can pick it back up. Maybe when cooler heads prevail or we can talk about it or find another way to address it. But we don't have to continue to go back and forth about this. So someone can feel like they won and someone can feel like they lost. What say you to that? Let me ask Let me ask you a quick question in regards to that. Are we talking mm-hmm. about substantial things to the relationship or are we talking about just some random nah, situation might have just happened and we having a yeah, conversation yeah, about that like situation that. so nothing like that can yeah, make a break like some so, not, nothing that like really needs to be hammered out in this moment but just someone i know i'm not wrong and you feel like you're not wrong but i still feel like you're wrong so on some almost you want to get the last yeah, word type shit I, and now that i'm verbalizing that being much more thought out and having gone through therapy sessions since then wanting to get the last word really ain't a, like a manly thing to do in my opinion I, I think the but i think the most important thing out of everything you said was it had to be brought to your attention mm, yep. you know you didn't know it we don't know what we don't know um and there that that is an example of something that can easily be taken forward whether this was a woman, whether this was a man, the conversation of it is, I think you're wrong. I think I'm right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going, driving this point home until there's nothing to be said. Yes. Um, so it can be taken from multiple different areas, but you are right. If I, you know, and, and that's the benefit. You're, it's easy when you're in it or excuse me from outside looking in, seeing it, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm in the middle of it, then it doesn't seem like anything weird. But yeah. if you if I was to be at a restaurant and saw a dude just going back and forth with this girl, I'd be looking like, be like bro, what you got? Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, man up. You know, mm-hmm. we use that term a lot. Man up. Like, what you on? Like, why are you arguing with that woman back and forth like that? <laughs> so when you see well, it, you even see your like, homeboys doing it, you'd be like, bro, why are you going back and forth? Like, yeah, like, like let man. that shit go. Like, leave that shit alone. So I I 100% agree it is not in the best interest. Um, even if it's just, you know what, walk away. 
take the keys real quick. I'm about to go for a drive. There's nothing that's going to come from this. And a lot of times, you know, it was your last relationship. She grew up with both her parents. I'm sure that took him training. I'm sure it had to reach a point where he learned that in my best interest and our best interest, I'm just going to shut up right now. You know, obviously not speaking for them, but I can definitely understand the concept of not wanting to go back and forth because it's exhausting. And let's just call it what it is, man. You, you're always going to be judged for being catty or being sassy or being Facts, whatever you want to call it. it, whether you agree with sassy. it or not. You can yep. you can say 100% like, no, but this is what I meant. This is my intent. It doesn't matter, man. You, you just kind of hung in the, in, the, in, the, in the court of public opinion. And people are just right, going to look yeah, at it yeah. that way because as a man, you shouldn't be doing that. Why is you on that? Facts. I get I agree it. agree the same way. Like, I see niggas arguing with waiters and servers and shit, and I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm like, not. You, you I'm gotta not feel them, bad about that. It's gotta be bad for me to send some shit yeah. back. It's gotta be bad. You know, yeah. food is different, but somebody get the wrong drink, I'm like, cool, I'll drink this shit. Like, I ain't tripping. Yeah, 100. Well, even the service niggas complaining about shit like that, so I 100 agree. I don't mess with I don't mess with food people, man. They don't, no. don't mess with nobody controlling your food. That's what that's what our personality similarities right there. Like nigga, mm. if, if they messed it up, I almost don't even want it. I I ain't sending it back and bringing it back. We cool. We can get something else. Like, but nah, I don't yeah. mess with food people at all, bro. Nah, straight up. My yep. brother told me this. He used to work in the food industry. He uh. I don't even order from places like an hour before they close. He he told me if, it made the perfect sense, man. Don't don't delay somebody from going home. Facts. They will fuck up your shit. I Call do the same order thing at ten forty five and it's eleven o'clock. I guarantee your shit gonna be fucked up. You won't even know. Together, it. nigga, it ain't gonna be. Hot. That's what be messing you up. No, you don't even know no. it's messed up. Yep. I used to work in retail. When you go, uh, like I used to work at Walgreens when I was in my younger years. We would close at ten o'clock, nigga. People walking there like nine fifty five. Oh, I got two minutes. Boy, that, that, that would be the thing that would piss you all the way the fuck off. No matter what happened. You had all day. Today, you boy. had yeah, all day on, to come bro. here and do this. And not even, don't, not even respecting it enough to look at the sign and be like, well, it's just two minutes, man. I'm going to go on. I, I'll come back tomorrow. I got to get this and make these people stay late. Boy, that, that right there was, that's right. one of those that's things. So I can definitely agree with that. Um, what about examples of manhood before we get out of here, Rich? Like what, what to you either coming up or right now, if you want to, but what are some examples of manhood? And would you try to base or have your guideline as to what you want to be doing as a man? Oh man. So I had growing up, I had great influences and I learned a lot from like both of them, you know, mainly my grandfather, my mom's dad, you know, he was the father of 12 kids you know, married for 60 plus years. Just that hard work mentality of making sure that you bring home the bacon, as they say. Um, you are providing for your family, the people that depend on you. 12 kids is a lot. And, and being a dad to them, like not just some guy that, you know, comes in from work and goes to bed, like made sure he was involved in all his kids' life, you know, anything that happened, good or bad, you know, he's right there stepping up, making sure he's by their side. Um, so just that hard work aspect of it. And then my pops, man, my pops just, I had the luxury of just being able to, he was real big on trying to teach me the things that he didn't know. You know, he didn't, um, and I want to ask you this too, or you can chime in on the conversation. Him and his dad didn't have the best relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the people who don't have the fathers in their lives are the ones who are exceptional fathers. Mm. I heard Jason Wilson, who was a good example of a man, in my opinion, 
if anybody's familiar with Jason Williams, Jason Wilson, um, up out of Detroit, bald headed brother works with the kids, has like the uh, the martial arts and all of that. You've seen YouTube clips of him or oh, clips yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. might not I know. I know what you're, I'm familiar with what you're talking about. But he just, he made it, he made a point of just saying, man, I gave you, he told his son, I gave you everything that I longed for when I didn't have my pops. And he did that for me, man. He showed up to everything. You talk about being a helicopter parent. My pops was at every yeah. practice and talk about another manhood, it, it, raise, stepping up to, to be a part of that community. Not just your immediate children, man. When a football practice is over, he wait around. What kids. kids ain't had no right. ride? I'm mm-hmm. taking you home. I don't care what part of town you live in. That's what we do. Yep. I a lot of that comes from my pops. That's why I'm the same way. You know what I mean? Making sure I go to extra mile to look out. You good? Everybody straight? All right. I coached a kid. Had holes in his shoes, bro. Linked mm. up with my dude who I was talking about that owns a shoe store. He donated a pair of shoes for him. Just stuff like that. Just the, I say all that because of the community sense. Like yep. we don't know this kid from a can of paint, but he needs help. So if we can be good influencers and step up to it. All of that is necessary. So those little tools that my pops instilled in me, man, I remember the the learning of the conversation, learning how to go about a difficult conversation. I remember uh, my pops picking me up from my grandparents once. And he reaches behind the passenger seat and pulls out a stack of porn that he found <laughs> on my, under my mattress. That had to be like sixth or seventh grade, right? <sighs> Which you can already imagine, y'all, is just an embarrassing moment. Yeah. But he handled it with so much grace and just explained to me, you know, this isn't what sex is. This isn't what you should be striving for. You know, that whole thing. It, it, it wasn't a, boy, what you doing with this? Where you get the da 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 right, It right, was right. A, a literal learning lesson. Um, you know, if you have any questions, make sure you can come to me. We can have certain talks. Open up the door of me being able to, all right, then cool. Like I can go to my pops and say this and that. When I was in junior in high school, I won't delay the story, but long story short, I, re- I reached a point where I was like, man, I don't want to play football no more. It's the middle of the season. I'm just like, man, I don't, I- I'm done with it. I want to really get started Rich, on the next phase. Man, you really, it's really too close for comfort as far as I did the same thing. I quit. I, I got to the same point and stopped playing football too. My, my senior year, actually. I was yeah, like, man, you know yeah, what? Bro. I ain't doing this shit no more. Yeah, it's just reach a point where you just I like, just, you know, I want to, I want to get my license. I want to, you know, start making some little yeah, money. Make money. Yeah. I'm not, cause I had the mentality at that me. age, like, I'm not going to the NFL. I don't not even know if I love this play. enough to play college. Like, I don't, I don't even know like why I'm doing enough. this. Yeah. So let me just go ahead and get started with the rest of my life. I say all that to say, I told my pops the night before he came to pick me up from school and, and they were having practice. And I remember he was asking me how to go, like how to go talking to your coach. And I'm like, I didn't shoot me talking to my coach. I got my book bag. I bounced. I ain't going to say no. Stop the truck. Stop the truck. Look me dead in my eye. Like, nah, man, you don't handle that. As, that's not how you handle it as a man. Damn. If you're going to, if you're going to break a commitment, if you're going to change your mind, if you're going to make another, another decision, be comfortable in that decision. But you need to go down there on that field and look him in his eyes and tell him what's going on. And he stopped the truck. I had to get out while they were practicing. They're in the middle of stretching. He looking at me like, why you ain't suited up? And I look at him in his face like, this is my decision. I stand on it. This How did the coach take it? He wanted me to come see him the next day. And I did go see him the next day and just double down on it. Because he was, you know, you're making a rash decision. But so my pops was, go ahead. I'm fascinated by that because I went through the same thing. How much more do you appreciate him doing that now or did it not matter really at all? 
Oh, like, did man. you really I, take something from that, or was it like I just did it because my dad told me to? I took something from it, man, because he saw it. He saw I was. He saw I was scared. Does I, it help I, you I, with I, commitments now? I, I'm sorry, absolutely. I got so many questions. Absolutely, like you're not yeah, willing to scared, just walk away from stuff now, are you? As far as how you yeah. did then, because he made you own up to that. Absolutely, yeah, because it's I was scared because in my head I built up an expectation. And telling him to his face was a confirmation that something that I had planned or something I committed to didn't work out. Mm. Right. It didn't work out. So now once I say this to him, that's finalization. And now Mm. I need to sort through those feelings. However, I need to sort through them. But the step is you need to feel what you need to feel. You need to look at him and say that. And he knew I'm not going to let you get off that easy because if you do this, anything else you're gonna be one of them no call no show niggas like somebody's really gonna need you and you ain't gonna be nowhere to right. be found it's so fat i'm from the complete opposite side of that so yeah. i came to that same scenario but there was no one for me to have the conversation with like what you did i wish i had now because yeah. i am easier to flake on motherfuckers like there are commitments that i wish i had so i, I quit football my senior year I didn't yeah. tell the coach. I walked off. Like you said, I got my book back, nigga. I'm gone. I'm going yeah, to make up. money and do my life or whatever the fuck it is. It ain't got nothing to do with football. And I ain't got, I don't got an answer to y'all. It got it probably has something to do with what me and Mo joke about all the time is my problem with authority. Like yeah, I didn't look right. at it like I owed none of them an explanation because none of them were going to pay my bills or buy the fly shoes that I wanted to help me with the stuff that I wanted to get by stopping mm-hmm. to play football. But I, what I have in a, in a complete transparency of truth about myself, what I see that that affected is my commitments. Like it, I'm, I'm more likely to flake on stuff. I, I, I'm working on it and trying to be better than I have been about it. But the reason that I ask you the question, did it help? Because I'm wondering what that had looked like had my mom or someone who had a vested interest mm-hmm. in me been like, nah, you got to go tell yeah. coach you quitting. You ain't just not going to show up, leave your locker full. Like I left pads in my locker, nigga, everything. Nigga, I just, the next day I just said, I ain't coming back tomorrow. And that was just it. That was that on yeah. that. But I do yeah. see the effect that it has had on me even growing up to this age. And to your point, doubling back on what you asked me originally, one of the main reasons that I have not had kids because I don't believe I have the time to be that helicopter parent. Like you're saying, I want to be right. the coach. I want to be the one to be like, Oh, well, you got to go all the way to the other side of town. Hop in. I ain't got yeah. nothing. I don't have to be at work at five o'clock in the morning. I can take you if you need a ride or you need some shoes. Uh, your teammate got this, that, and the third on it. They need done. I want to be able to take everybody out for a meal on the team. Because again, I didn't have that. So I want right. to overcompensate. For what I feel like that I missed and until I feel like I can do that. Well, if I feel like I can do that, I, I haven't had kids, but that's part of the yeah. main reason to your, to your point. And, I, your and question. I get it. And when you, when you say it, there was a point, there was a moment in life, maybe my earlier thirties, where I just stopped. I'm like, damn, people did a lot for me. Mm-hmm. You just look at how expensive life is just living. I don't have any Thanks. kids. This shit's expensive. And the time that you dedicate practice to practice and, you know, I'm not only just I'm dropping you off at practice. I might run an errand. I might stay in this parking lot for two hours. I Sit here for two hours and read a book. I'm, yeah, it's like, hard to shit like yeah, that. You, you you have to be really organized with your day, or you have to really defer your dreams to whatever your child man. wants to do. Because there's no there's not enough time in the day for you to be a healthy. You can't you can't be a parent 
and be trying to run off of four or five hours of sleep. And I, I'm not a parent, so I don't want to stay in that. I know there's a lot of times where, especially in that newborn phase, that's how it has to work. Yeah. <laughs> but when you get to the point where your kids need game, like I need a game in that moment. Yep. Like I needed my pops to be at his best. He's and sure. he was. That's being a man. Yeah, exactly, man. Like my pops would, um, you know, my little brother, my brother's school, he's my first cousin. Like he's really my first cousin, but I call him my little brother because we grew up together. He would always come over, went to the same schools, high school and all that. Like I remember going to Disneyland, like Disney World, excuse me, Universal Studios. He was right there with me. My pops made sure he was good. Like, yeah, of course mm. he can come with us. He took him nice. on family vacations, driving up to Cleveland, Detroit, Niagara Falls. Just to show him an experience. Like I said, it just goes back to I didn't have this, and I want to make sure y'all know that the world is bigger. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, but see, and it man, goes. That, that, I was just going to say, man, that going back to the, my pops looking at me and saying, that's not how we do things. That just sets those morals and those codes. And it all circles back to manhood. Like there's mm-hmm. certain expectations and certain things that you pick up throughout your life and then you start to put them together later. And it all goes back to dependability, being a man of your word, saying you're going to do what you say you do, showing up for people where you get nothing from it other than being like, I, I, I showed up for them and not to put that in their face or anything, but for you to have enough pride mm-hmm. in yourself to be like, I know I can show up and I can make a difference in different people's lives. I feel like that's a part of what manhood is. Yeah, man. This is a good conversation. Go yeah, absolutely. I just remember one thing I do want to say is going back to that healing part. I remember being a guest on a podcast once um, and they were talking about relationships. And one of the questions was, if you can go back and tell your younger self anything, what would you tell them? And without hesitation, heal from whatever you got going on. Like take the time to recognize it, to heal from it, forgive yourself, forgive whoever else is involved. And move on so you can live the best life, the most fruitful life, the most fulfilled mm. life that you can. I I want to harp on this, man. I'm like, I'm not the type that forces anything on anybody. Um, you know, live and let live. You have to do what works for you. Like, I'm a strong believer in that. I'm not going to judge anybody from handling things the way they need to. But I highly recommend, even if it's one time, try therapy and try getting some mm. stuff that's out. Um, because there's so much that we don't even know that's inside of us that we hold on to and it affects the current day stuff we don't understand you just kind of think there's never a such thing as i just am the way i am like nah man these are all learned skills learned behaviors you know self-defense and what i mean by that is you just you're back against the wall whether it's emotionally however just these are some survival tactics to let that go and to kind of understand yourself better and anybody, you know, if you if you in a dating world, you can kind of understand what I'm about to say. One of the toughest questions to answer is, hey, so what do you like to do for fun? Well, tell me about yourself. <laughs> a lot of times you stumble through it because the hardest person to get to learn is yourself. Is yourself. That's yeah. what therapy is for for me. It's really I can learn anybody else. I can be the best friend to everybody. Can I be the best friend to myself? To me. Yep. I got a hoodie on right now. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Like straight up, because it's a journey. It's a process. And once you start pulling those pieces down and it's uncomfortable as hell and it might take a few therapists to figure out exactly what works for you and all of that. But if you have the resources, the time, I definitely suggest it because you're going to see such a different version and that's going to unlock you being the best man that you can be. Um, So, yeah, man, just forgive yourself all the bullshit. 
live your best life. I wish there was so much shit in my twenties that I recognized, got rid of. I could have been married by now or something else, man. But I held on to some first love <laughs> things and hurt people, hurt people. I've man, I there. wish I saw that shit, nipped it in the bud, I've and kept there. on moving. Thanks. I know one of the things for me with therapy to hit on the point that you said before we get out of here, not only does it, like you said, I just am this way. Not only does the session that you're having teach you about some of the things or why you are that way. When other stuff start to come out outside of the sessions, before you just be like, Oh, well, this is how I am. You start to ask yourself that question. Well, how do, why the fuck did I respond to that? like that mm-hmm. way or why did how how did i get here from here and that ain't even the intention like you start to ask so, the most important questions as to how did this thought even come in my head that's one of the best things I, about therapy as well yeah real quick i want to follow up on that because I'm, I'm thinking about last week's episode um the one thing that i didn't say that i wanted to when i was talking about the whole fantasy football issue all of that my next step now is mm-hmm. i need to because because uh, my homegirl, she asked me, like, what is it? What happened that that's a trigger for you that you feel like if somebody said something? And I told her straight up, I said, man, I'm, that's one of those things I've been kind of scared to even dive into because I don't know and I don't even want to, but I told myself, I need to, I need to unpack that as well. Um, like I said, because if that was in person, do I have the same self-restraint? Can I still check my emotions to have the same conversation knowing that somebody's right in front of me? And there's no room for logic in, mm-hmm. in space, you know. So unpacking back. that and like it goes to what you said. So I love the fact that I was even thinking now that I can recognize it and I'm proud of myself. Now I really need to do some deeper work and find out why that's even bothering me to begin with. Same and thing. Go from there. I got. It, go ahead. I got a question for you before we get out, though. I was just gonna say one of my questions that I always ask myself is like, especially when I find myself bothered, like, why did it aggravate me so much? Like, why the fuck did that make me so mad? Like, that's one of the first places that I'm able to go now through therapy and through, like, really getting to know myself better is versus getting angrier and angrier or more upset or more frustrated about something. I started to ask myself, like, why the fuck is this pissing me off so much? And that does help a little bit. One thing before you asked me the question was what I would tell to my younger self is um, do the hard shit, man. Like I, I, I didn't know. And of course we don't at a younger age that everything requires, like, I won't say a struggle because that's not the right way to put it, but everything requires some sort of effort. And that shit ain't going to be easy if it's worth having. And you need to be disciplined enough or like it enough to where you're battling through the bullshit days of it. And I just didn't challenge myself enough as a youngster. So I would go back and tell my younger self, like, shit's going to be difficult, bro. Put up with it. See where it gets you on the other end. Because either you're going to deal with it now or you're going to deal with it when you're 40 and trying to figure other shit out. So which one do you want to do? Right. That's why I I think I mentioned this before. One of my biggest, I don't want to call it a regret, but one of the things I've noticed about myself was just the the inability to see things through that I don't, that I'm not passionate about. Yep. Um, and that's why it's so easy. You mentioned about, you know, you didn't have somebody. It's easy for you to flake. That part of me is the reason why it's easy for me to just be done with the relationship, you know, whether it's romantic Same friendship. Here. It's just easy for me Same to just retreat here. and be back in my own space because I'm comfortable there. 
and just getting out of my comfort zone in general. But that's something I'm trying to, I'm trying to treat, treat one thing like you do everything, like really bring that passion and that discipline and that vigor and start doing it. 21 days to build a habit. If I can just maintain these core things for 21 days, it could really start doing things. So I'm really adamantly working on that. Um, Thanks. Who was the first? You said you didn't have that as far as, mm-hmm. you know, the pops or somebody telling you, pulling you to the side. Who was that first person for you? When did you uh, recognize that? So the I was fortunate that it was to know my great grandfather. So I okay. grew up around my great grandparents and of they were what, 60, 70 years old. My great grandmother was married to a man named Mr. Lucky. I'll never forget it. His first man yeah. really in my life. And um, he died maybe when I was 10, if it was okay. that late. And I may have been older than that, maybe 12. But that was the most prominent male figure that I had in my life. It's probably why I get a lot of my attributes of being just like carrying myself like an old man. It wasn't mm-hmm. a young dad. It wasn't an uncle. It wasn't a cousin. It was him, like a great granddad sitting and listening to him watch the news or commentate on politics or the conversations that he would have with my grandmothers or people coming to borrow money from him or taking his numbers to the store. That was the first real male influence where I looked at someone and been like, wow, like, I guess this is what a man is supposed to be. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So that yeah. was, it was that for me, a great grandfather. And then okay. after that, it was rappers and shit, coaches and shit like that. That's how, that's usually how it is, man. Do you have anybody that you kind of, you think anybody looks at you like that? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's come out a lot more in doing this show. Like I said, I told you, I'm always surprised when you said, like, I can't believe I'm talking the conversations you've had and people say they listened to me and they mm-hmm. took this, that, or the third from it. I'm always surprised and I don't, I, I guess I just got to do better with, with that, but I'm always surprised at how much influence that people hit me up and say, I did this because of you. I was listening to you and thought that, or you did a good job on this and made me think of that. So that would probably be the reach for me, the people that listen to the podcast yeah. and reach out and say, hey, man, this really affected me. I appreciate what you do, bro. Like that, yeah. that's where it is for me. Of course, I want to continue okay. to expand that as we do more. Sure, for sure. I got two things to say and I, and I admit that's done. Um, the first thing alludes to your point because I, I struggle with this badly. A lot mm-hmm. of people that know me know I don't take compliments well at all. Um, I can't tell you why. It's just one of those things that I just struggle with. It's hard for me to hear, you know, unless it's something that I feel like I'm skilled at and put the work into. Like, but just general, hey, I love that conversation, man. You really taught me something. Like, I, I, it makes me weird because I'm just being, everything's genuine. I'm, I'm always surprised. Kind I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm always yeah, yeah, yeah. surprised. Like, really? Yeah. I'm learning that it's okay to walk in your your greatness. It's okay to, you know, we, 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 it's great to have, have some humility and be humble, but when somebody gives you a compliment to say thank you and mm-hmm. keep it moving, like I, I have put in the work. You know, Spike, you got 10,000 hours in. You get what I'm saying? Like I have dug my feet in the dirt, put my hand in the dirt and grinded. Like grinded to get to this point. This isn't some overnight shit. Everyone, what, no matter what that space is for yourself, be comfortable with just accepting it, man. God gives everybody a talent. I feel everybody's blessed in some area. 
And once you unlock it, you can be the LeBron of that profession or the Jordan of that thing. It just might not be as, as glamorous as hoop or NFL <laughs> or whatever, but it can still be something that yeah. makes an impact. Um, yeah. So, you know, just I'm learning this with you. You know, just learning to say, man, I appreciate that, man. I'm glad it was. And just pr- feeling some pride and some joy from that. And the second thing, man, is just I'm proud of you, dog. Like you. straight up. Cause I, I, we, we always joke. And every time we talk, I feel it's more and more eerie of how similar we are. Crazy. Not yeah. just personality. I'm talking about even to life experience. Life experiences. The, yeah. Me and like Spike the just the football questions just came so, with like, not only, this, not only both of us quitting, but shit, we both played the same position. Like just, that was the reason that I quit. Like uh, one of the reasons, of course, arrogance and attitude, but they tried to move me from linebacker to like defensive end, bro. I'm like five, I'm five, nine yeah. in high school. I like 200 pounds. Like, bro, you can't play defensive end. I, like linebacker was my position. I like hitting people. And they were like, yeah. oh, well, try this out for the better of the team, man. Get out of yeah, here, man. Bro. I'm out. But I'm I, out. <laughs> I, I say all that to say, man, I know how similar we are, but it's to the point where I know, I know what type of dudes you are, man. And I know what kind of, um, kind of where you had to do to get here. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the stuff that you had to make self-conscious decisions of, of I want to be this type of person. I don't want to mm-hmm. be this person. Or I go through an experience and I've learned from that. We all do our dumb shit. You're the best type of person because you learn from your dumb shit and you continue to elevate. And, you know, I've told you a million times the space that you and Mo created for this, but I am genuinely proud that you can recognize things and you're trying to each day get better day by day, even if it's a 0.5%. I'm trying to make sure that when I when I leave here and it's all said and done, I can leave here knowing I was the best version of myself, man. And, and, and for black man to black man, that's just important for me to tell you that, like, bro, keep going. Like, I'm going to do the same. Seeing you do what you do makes me want to do what I do. And hopefully it's a ripple effect. Seeing Mo do what he does makes me want to do it. Um, so I just genuinely want to say that, man, on air, on record, man. I'm proud of you. Keep going. Work is far from done, but you're doing a hell of a job, man. Like straight up. I can tell. I appreciate that, brother. I 100% do. I definitely appreciate and commend the same thing to you as far as your journey and where you're taking it to. I know your plans. I know what you want to do. And I'm here for it to help you out with it and to be on the ride with you as well, man. This was a good episode, man. This is a good conversation, Rich. I don't know if I, how we're going to keep moving it on without you, man. You might have to just do a third man on another week in the books, too. We'll both <laughs> come back, man. We might just we'll have to let both get his foot back, man. We'll work yeah, it out, we'll let him get you back, know, yeah. I've appreciated I'm always, I'm always you. down the hill. Absolutely, brother. I've appreciated you over the last two weeks um, contributing to this thing, keeping it going, making sure so we could keep everything coming to the fans and what no dead spaces. Y'all make sure y'all go to the show notes, hit us up, uh, send us emails, be a part of the show. Um, we want to hear what you have to say about all of these topics, man, so we can get engaged with you guys. This has been another week in the books. I am Spike Lou. Rich, shout out to you, brother. We out. Peace.